Hello everyone, Joyce here. We are today looking at the book of Job and I was, uh, as I was reading this book, of this particular chapter, I was thinking to myself, my gosh, uh, I, I have forgotten how great and grand and awesome is our God, our Father. Because you know when we look at Jesus and how he presented God because he was like because in in the, those times like in the Old Testament times God was like this big awesome huge figure and uh, and so Jesus came to tell people that hey God is another another nature to himself he's a prodigal father who comes and he warmly warmly embraces the son so he was trying to take away this this figure of God that they saw, who was authoritative, who was who was a judge, who was just out there to condemn and to to rain fire and hailstone on them. This was at that time. But now I feel, in this day and age, we have lost. We have looked at God as the daddy God, the the sweet daddy who always welcomes us, who who, who embraces. But we forget. We tend to forget how how awesome his works, how big he is, how powerful and mighty that the Lord of this universe is. And as I was reading Job, I came to realize this. It's a brief soliloquy. Soliloquy is uh, um, a term in literature when someone's just speaking to themselves. So chapter 9 would be a brief uh, soliloquy uh, and God where Job, where Job just, Job just uh, questions himself. And it's a kind of a meditative kind of a, uh, 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 yeah, a kind of a meditative soliloquy. And then we have the doxology that follows later. So doxology, what it, it is a kind of a praise to God. So Job, it starts off with, um, uh, truly I know that it is so, but how can a, a man be just before God? So he talks about the justice of God. How, 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 how can we even tell God, it, it's not fair. What you do is not fair. I, I find myself having said this many times. I said, Lord, it's not fair. Father, you are a father. How could you treat, how could you treat me like this? But then he says, if one wishes to contend with him, one could not answer him once in a thousand times. So he's bring, this, he, what is being presented here is a kind of a lawsuit imagery. If God is one party in such a suit, what's that? He must necessarily win it. You cannot lose against God because why? Because God does not pervert justice. Because justice is whatever he decides. Because he cannot... He cannot bring a conclusion which is unjust. So even in whatever we do, whatever state, whatever confusion we are in, we must realize, must realize that, that God is always being just. He believes in the principle of equity, unlike the courts that we uh, have of today where every, everyone is, is ruled and on the same terms. But God looks that's why I'm so glad that we have the Father as our judge on the final judgment. <laughs> because He looks at our situation. He looks at our upbringing. He looks at, our, at all the stimuli that, that surrounds us, that has surrounded us even before we were born, while we were conceived. 
So he goes on to say, he's wise in heart and, and mighty in strength, who has hardened himself against him and has succeeded. So there can be no, he, he, like as I said, he does not pervert to justice. God is, God is, we must know, we must know, we must know that we know that at every time, God is always favors the just and he can never be unjust with us. There's always a reason. And for us to always look beyond and to find out what is the reason, why is this happening? And then we will find the answer, maybe if not then, but in retrospect. And then comes this doxology, it begins here, he who removes mountains and they know it not, when he overturns them in his anger, who shakes the earth out of his place and it pillars tremble. This is the almighty God of the creator of the grand universe. This is what he does. Who commands the sun and it does not rise. Who seals up the stars. Who alone stretched out the heavens and trampled the waves of the sea. Now, if anyone has witnessed the, wave, the waves, the tumultuous ocean, when, when the waves are in uproar and the tsunami comes in and you can just like stand there and just command it and just say one word, that's it. It stills. And Jesus himself did that, right? Whenever, and the apostles were like, oh, no, there was so much of confusion. It's like going to, going to drown. And these are fishermen who were scared of the water. And Jesus, what, is, what did he say? Just one word, be still. Who alone stretched out the heavens and trampled upon the waves of the sea, who made the bear and the Orion, the Pleiades and the chambers of the south, who does great things beyond understanding and marvelous things without number. There's, there's, it's infinite. Behold, and then he says, He passes by me, and I see him not. He moves on, but I do not perceive him. Behold, he snatches away. Who can hinder him? Who will say to him, where, what are you doing? Who can say to him, what are you doing? And then he goes on. How then can I answer him, choosing my words with him? Though I am innocent, I cannot answer him. I must appeal for mercy to my accuser. If I summoned him and he answered me, I would not believe that he was listening to my voice. Because God, Job has got the sense of who God is. So let's just, yes, he's a father God, he's, he's our Abba. But at the same time, let's not forget that he is the creator of this vast universe. And then we move on to the Gospel of John. Let me find it. I think it's John today. Yes, no, it's the book of Luke. And as they were going in Luke 9, um, the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. You know, Jesus must be like, yeah, right. So in this particular, uh, what we are going to see is three uh, uh, what what do you call it? Yeah. Um, oh, I had this word. Hyperbolic uh, proverbs. Now, what's in hyperbole? In literature, hyperbole is an exaggeration. So there are three proverbs 
presented here when when this when this person right goes behind he says i will follow you wherever you go lord and jesus said says foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head now this is the first one the second hyperbolic proverb is uh, leave the dead to bury their own dead but as for you go and proclaim the kingdom of god and the third one is no one who puts his hand into the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of god now these are all proverbs hyperbolic proverbs and they cannot be taken literally some people i i have read this before and i say lot so mean how can you just tell that someone else bury the dead my let me go and bury my father and says let the dead bury the dead but it's not to be taken literally because then we misunderstand scripture so foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests but son of man has nowhere to lay his head what is jesus trying to present so he highlights the lowliness of himself that 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 he's not one who looks for grandeur and looks for the best place looks for the seat of honor son of man has nowhere to lay his head to another he said follow he said follow me but he said lord let me go and bury my father and he said leave the dead to bury their own dead but as for you you go and proclaim the kingdom of god so what do we get from this hyperbolic proverb jesus was trying to say that let those who are spiritually dead bury the physically dead here but what is your main task it is to it is to yes proclaim the kingdom of god but it's not that okay oh i have to bury my father no 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 let me go and preach because that's more important and another said i'll follow you lord but let me for say farewell to those at home and then jesus answered sound so mean jesus said to him no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of god it's not that you don't go and say farewell to your, to those at home jesus does not mean that but he says now if you look at this farrow i have seen uh, a farmer so what he does is that there's this ox in front of him oxen is, yeah so this ox in front of him and then he has this it pulls this farrow it's like this big huge curved um, a metallic thing or it could be made of wood as well and uh, what happens is that when the the ox moves the the farmer he just presses this down onto the earth and as the ox, ox moves he he the, this farrow presses this this uh, what's it called i forget what the name is called anyway so it it presses it down to the earth digs the ground and makes its trade farrows and i think the pride of the farmer would be oh as it all is farrows be straight so when you look if you have an aerial you see these long lines you know of dug earth And so what happens is that most often the the, the ox is like they really cranky something they can be very cranky so the farmer's one hand has to be on the plow and the other hand has to be on the fox controlling the fox like go straight go straight go straight so one you look back that's it you you miss and you might make a crooked line so that's what Jesus was referring to he said you cannot when you focus on one thing you focus on the kingdom of god you focus on doing one thing don't turn back do the job complete it so yeah so today we are called to one thing to 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 focus on to meditate on the grandeur of god just maybe just give the father a litany of praise and just acknowledge yeah lord i've forgotten i've forgotten father how great that you are the creator of this galaxy and then to look at jesus and to say yeah lord today i i i want to take your work seriously I want to take this ministry seriously. 
and there's no turning back, no hesitating. So let's just have a beautiful day and and yeah, just spend our th- our day in reflective thought too, whenever we can, how much ever we can. So God bless everyone. Amen.